Turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Jonah. Title of the message this morning, Are You in Nineveh? Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord, and went down to Joppa, and he found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare thereof, and went down into it, to go with them into unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. But the Lord sent out a great wind into the sea, and there was a mighty tempest in the sea, so that the ship was like to be broken. Then the mariners were afraid, mariners were afraid, and cried every man unto his God, and cast forth the wares that were in the ship into the sea, to lighten it of them. But Jonah was gone down to the side of the ship, and he lay and was fast asleep. So the shipmaster came to him and said unto him, What meanest thou, O sleeper? Arise, call upon thy God, if so be that God will think upon us that we perish not. They said every one to his fellow, Come and let us cast lots, that we may know for whose cause this evil is upon us. So they cast lots, and the lot fell upon Jonah. And they said unto him, Tell us, we pray thee, for whose cause this evil is come upon us, is upon us. What is thy occupation? Whence comest thou? What is thy country? And of what people art thou? And he said unto them, I am a Hebrew, and I fear the Lord. The God of heaven, which he which hath made the sea and the dry land. Then were the men exceedingly afraid, and said unto him, Why hast thou done this? For the men knew that he fled from the presence of the Lord, because he had told them. And said they unto him, What shall we do unto thee, that the sea may be calm unto us? For the sea wrought and was tempestuous. And he said unto them, Take me up, cast me forth into the sea, so that the sea be calm for you, unto you. For I know that for my sake this great tempest is upon you. Nevertheless, the men rode hard to bring it to the land, but they could not, for the sea wrought and was tempestuous against them. Wherefore they cried unto the Lord and said, We beseech thee, O Lord, we beseech thee, let us not perish for this man's life, and lay not upon us innocent blood. For thou, O Lord, hast done as it pleased thee. So they took up Jonah, cast him forth into the sea, and the sea ceased her raging. Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly, and offered a sacrifice unto the Lord, and made vows. Now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah. Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Then Jonah prayed unto the Lord as God out of the fish's belly and said, I cried by reason of mine affliction unto the Lord, and he heard me out of the belly of hell, cried I, and thou heardest my voice. For thou hadst cast me into the deep in the midst of the seas, and the floods compassed me about. All thy billows and thy waves passed over me. Then I said, I am cast out of thy sight, yet I will look again toward thy holy temple. The waters compassed me about, even to the soul. The depth closed me round about. The weeds were wrapped around my head. And went down to the bottom of the mountain. Earth with her bars was about me forever. Yet hast thou brought up my life from corruption, O Lord my God. When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer came unto thee, unto thine holy temple. They that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy. But I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay that which I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. The Lord spake unto the fish, and it vomited out Jonah upon the dry land. 
And the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the second time, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and preach unto it. The preaching that I bid thee. So Jonah rose and went to Nineveh, according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceeding great city of three days' journey. And Jonah began to enter to the city a day's journey. And he cried and said, Yet forty days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. So the people of Nineveh believed God and proclaimed a fast and put on sackcloth from the greatest of them, even to the least of them. For the word came unto the king of Nineveh, and he arose from his throne, and he laid his robe from him, and covered him with sackcloth and sat in ashes. And he caused it to be proclaimed and published through Nineveh by the decree of the king and his nobles, saying, Let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything, let them not feed nor drink water, but let man and beast be covered with sackcloth, and cry mightily unto God, yea, and let them turn every one from his evil way and from the violence that is in their hands. Who can tell if God will turn and repent and turn away from this fierce anger that we perish not? God saw their works, that they turned from their evil way, and God repented of the evil that he had said that he would do unto them, and he did it not. Go back to chapter 1, verse 1. The word of the Lord came unto Jonah. word of the Lord come to you? How does the word of the Lord come? You think Jonah was at his work one day and all at once his voice came out of heaven and said Jonah I want you to go to Nineveh. Well, I don't know. I don't know how the word of the Lord came to Jonah. I believe the word of the Lord comes in multiple ways. I'm not here to say how the word of the Lord comes uh, to you. It it could be a personal call where God simply says to you, lays it upon your heart, you need to do this, that, or the other. Maybe the call came through Mrs. Jonah. Maybe Mrs. Jonah said, uh, Jonah, I mean, uh, yeah, Jonah, um, you hear what's all going on in Nineveh? That's a terrible city. I mean, they need to repent. And maybe she just dropped it there. I don't know. Word of the Lord can come to us through our wives. Very, very clearly at times. Men, when your wives tell you something, uh, maybe it's time to listen rather than argue. This is pretty personal, but my wife and I was having an argument one time about some trivial thing. I don't know what... It, it was so trivial, I ain't going to tell you what it was. It was ridiculously trivial. Probably one of the most trivial things we've ever had an argument about. It wasn't. Anyhow, she says to me kindly, 
in the middle of this argument. I think you're proud. You know, I could have thought of a hundred things to tell her back, but it was the word of the Lord to Dennis Martin right there. Time to stop the conversation. Why else would you argue about something so trivial except for pride? Maybe they're having revival meetings at Jonah's church. I don't know. Maybe there was a brother uh, came to Jonah at church. Made some kind of a comment that the Lord put. Took that comment And applied it in a way in Jonah's life that it pointed directly to Nineveh. And Jonah knew without a shadow of a doubt that's what God wanted. You know, the word of the Lord comes to us maybe sometimes through the family doctor. You know, I get this checkup every year and they take blood and then you know and a couple of weeks later I go to the doctor and the doctor he gets his paper out and he reads all what my blood tests tell about my lifestyle and he says to me he says this is too high this is too high and this is too high and if you really want to know the combination of those three are equal to smoking a pack of cigarettes a day Now, if Dennis Martin smoked a pack of cigarettes a day, what would the people of Prairie think? So I can't smoke myself to death, but I can eat myself to death. You get the connection? It's alright if I eat myself to death, but it's not alright if I smoke myself to death. And we'll say... Well, we don't smoke because it's hard on your health. But I can eat myself to death, and it don't make any difference. The word of the Lord came to Dennis Martin through the family doctor. He didn't mince any words. He just told it how it was. He said, your lifestyle is equal to smoking a pack of cigarettes a day. That's what you are doing to your body. Maybe the word of the Lord comes through your worst critics. You know, we tend to just put off, discount, discount what our critics say. You know, they, they're just against me, you know, they, 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 you know they, they don't like me, and so they just say whatever. Well, you know what? They're probably the only people that's going to tell you whatever. Because everybody else is too polite trying to protect the friendship or whatever, and so they mince around and they dance around and they, 
they, you know, alter the language a little bit, so that, you know they don't get in trouble and you don't get in trouble. But your critics will tell you how it is. Abraham Lincoln used to hire his worst critics and put them in his uh, whatever the people that gave him advice. He said, they are the only people that will tell me like it is. God's word comes to us through our worst critics. It does. God's word comes to us where the Lord comes to us, maybe through our church. It may come to our conscience. I know that that's wrong. And God keeps talking to me through your conscience. Dennis, you know, you know, you know, you know. And I know. You know what's interesting? I sat through revival meetings... And my conscience told me that I need to get right with God. You know what? Every time that I've ever sat through an invitation at church and I was under conviction, there was no question what the issue was about. Sometimes life gets complicated. Sometimes life you can't figure it out. But most of the time, it's, you know, the big things... God is very clear about. He don't mince any words. He knows, and you know. And the amazing thing is that other people already know. In Ohio, I sat through imitation, and the Lord was speaking my heart, and I was too stinking proud to go up front. Or raise my hand. I guess it was raise my hand. I guess that anyhow. So I decided that night I got home. I said, you know what? Tomorrow night. That is it. I don't care what. I don't care what people think. The preacher, whatever. You know, the preacher, people say, well, if the preacher responds and they think something's wrong and, you know, and they lose their trust and confidence. That's a lie of the devil. So the next night I responded. All right? And I was talking to his brother after church. And I says, you know what? I should have did it last night, and I didn't. And he said, and I know that. He said, I could tell that. Isn't that amazing? We're not fooling half as many people. So then the following night I get up and I say, well, I hope nobody's disappointed. I hope nobody, whatever, but the Lord spoke to me and I responded. You know what people say after church? That don't put our estimation of you down, it puts it up. When people understand what the Word of the Lord is and they do it, what can it do but increase our faith? faith in God and our testimony in the church. 
That person is real with God. Maybe sisters, when you're sewing at the sewing machine, the word of the Lord says, do this, don't do that. I don't know. I can make all kinds of, you know, think of all kinds of things. God can, the word of the Lord comes. But the word of the Lord comes to us and all the problems that Jonah faced in, in the book of Jonah, it wasn't God, it wasn't Nineveh, it wasn't the storm, and it wasn't the whale. You know what Jonah's problem was? God said, go to Nineveh, and he didn't. That was Jonah's problem. The message is clear. How, how couldn't you understand that? If I said, go to Blooming Prairie, and you say, well, I don't want Blooming Prairie. And I don't like Blooming Prairie. Blooming Prairie, they're working on the main street. you got to go around. And those are all excuses why you don't want to go to Blooming Prairie. But he just said, go to Nineveh. Jonah's problem was exactly the same problem and we have Jonah was too good of a thinker. Well, what can I do in the city of Las Vegas? What can I do in the city of Milwaukee? What can I do in the city of Rochester? I'm only one person. My friends will think I'm a nutcase. The people in Nineveh will kill me. It's too risky. They're our enemy. I don't have time to take off the work. If they repent, then our enemy is going to be strengthened. You know, in his logic, in his reasoning, however faulty it was and rotten, took him down to Joppa. It took him down in the ship. It took him down in the whale. Down, down, down. Till he gets down there and he starts thinking, he says, I'm going to pray toward Jerusalem. And I don't much figure out how he figured out where Jerusalem, which direction it was. I have no idea. But he said he's going to pray toward the Holy Temple and he's going to repent and he's going to, and he's down in the bottom of the well. He hit rock bottom. You know, there's worse places in life to be than rock bottom. Especially when you're running away from God. It's the most It's the, oh, it's the best thing God can do for us. He hit rock bottom. He hit rock bottom. He went down and down and down and down. And you know what he said when he hit the bottom? Chapter 2, verse 8. is an amazing thing. Oh, we're five till. All right. We're still done. All right. It's an amazing thing what he said. And it's so brilliant it's like bumping off, it's like a, it's so obvious as a bump on a log, they say. He says, they that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy. Those that go opposite way of God don't expect the mercy of God to bail you out. There's nothing but down, down, down. Lying vanities. What is a lying vanity? It was excuses he made in his mind. 
It was the things that he was making up, seemingly trying to make it logical to go the wrong way. I am against myself when I don't do the simple thing that God tells me to do, which is go to judge. Go to Nineveh. Very simple. What he said, knowledge without obedience increases condemnation. That's what he said. I know, I refuse to obey, I'm just condemning myself. Not hard to figure out, is it? Not hard to figure out. If you want to turn to me in James 1, verse 19... Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Wherefore, lay aside all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness the command to go to Nineveh. What well, it doesn't say that. With the meekness, the engrafted word, the word of the Lord came to Jonah, which is able to save your soul. See, that's saying exactly the opposite of what Jonah came to the conclusion. Jonah says, I'm forsaking my own mercy. God says in, 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 here in James, it'll save your soul. If you want to get saved, if you want to go up instead of down... Then receive the engrafted word. Be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. Jonah, did, Jonah wasn't pulling any uh, tricks on the, men, on the men in the boat. They knew what was up. They knew what the scoop was. Jonah was only kidding himself. He wasn't kidding the people around him. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straightway forgetteth what man of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. So we have doing in this passage, versus not doing. We have looking at something versus looking into something. See, there's a big difference. I can look at the need in Nineveh and just go on my, way, very, on my merry way. But if I look into that, it's, not going, to make, it's going to make a world of difference. It determines whether I'm interested or whether I'm not interested. Jonah was not interested about Nineveh. He simply wasn't. In fact, he paid hard-earned cash to go the other way. It says he paid the fare. Hard-earned money to run away from God. 
This man shall be blessed in his deed or in his doing. As a man does what God wants him to do, while he is doing it, God will be blessing. So, the question is, do we have any Nineveh stories here at Prairie this morning? Every, I'm going to make a bold statement. Every single person in this church has a Nineveh story. I'm, I'm, I'm dare to guess. For God told you to do something, it was very plain. And you and I held out. We just didn't want to do it right away. You see, the reason I say that is, you and I were born with Nineveh in our heart. The wickedness of the city of Nineveh was born into every single person here. And we have to get Nineveh out of us before we can be used of God to go to Nineveh to witness for Him. And that's a process. That don't happen overnight. Jonah 3, 2. I read Jonah 1, 2. Go to Nineveh. Jonah 3, 2. Jonah went down, 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 down. Finally, the, he repented and the Lord spoke to the whale and the whale spit him out. Vomited him up. And by the way, the biggest miracle in the book of Jonah was not the fact that a fish ate a man. The biggest miracle in the book of Jonah was that Jonah could walk into Nineveh and that entire city was brought to repentance by the preaching of one man. By far, all, all God had to do was make big enough fish to eat the man. That's not hard for God. But see, God's not going to force a city of however many thousand people to repent. He's going to call them to repentance, but he's not going to force them to. Jonah 3 2, after Jonah got thrown out, spit out on the, on, the, on, the, on the beach, same God, same message. What was it? Very simple. Go to Nineveh. takes a tremendous amount of commitment, humility and obedience and flexibility to follow God. It takes self-denial. It takes absolute submission to the will of God. It takes confession of sin. It takes restitution. It takes self-discipline. It takes standing alone. So what if somebody's going to call you a nutcase? So what? The Word of God is clear. So going to Nineveh requires sacrifice. Going to Nineveh requires humility. Doing what God says requires giving up comforts. It requires rejecting proper opinion. It requires facing risks. 
sometimes discounting odds. It's trusting God, paying the fare, confronting evil, and speaking God's message. I'm challenged by the Houston volunteers that are leaving today, giving up comforts, sacrifice, risk. But that song challenged me. I am resolved. Nothing will stop me from following God when he says, Dennis, do this, go there, say that. What else could we ask for except greater than the blessing of God? The blessing of Almighty God. So the question comes this morning, what am I willing to pay? What am I willing to do? Where am I willing to go to obtain the blessing of God?